Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Nerd Party. Hello and welcome to the A24 Project here on the Nerd Party Network. I'm Lee Hutchison and Dallas King and I make our way through the A24 filmography and along the way bring you interviews with the talent involved in front of and behind the camera. As we sadly wait for Marcel the Shell with shoes on to arrive in the UK, we bring you an interview with Sarah Tomey, who plays police officer Frida in Alex Garland's latest movie, Men. In the aftermath of a personal tragedy, Harper retreats alone to the beautiful English countryside hoping to find a place to heal. But someone, or something, from the surrounding woods appears to be stalking her, and Frida is called upon to help Harper. Thanks so much to Sarah for joining me, and I hope you too will enjoy this interview. What inspired you to pursue a career in acting, Sarah? Well, actually, I started out um, as a ballet dancer. Ballet was my thing completely, and that was like what my mum, she wasn't professional, but she did it when she was younger, and so... Up until I was honestly about 19, that was just what I did. And I didn't do any acting at all. But now looking back, I can kind of see that I actually only sort of did well in that because I was good at acting. Um, And so, yeah, I I did all this ballet and then I got injured. And so I couldn't go to ballet school at 16 and it sort of petered out. And I went to uni instead after A-levels. And um, that's really when I started properly getting into acting and um I guess I I don't know what inspired me exactly I think it was just um another avenue because I couldn't pursue the ballet avenue but I knew that I just absolutely loved sort of performing and showing off really um even for when I was little like real major show off basically so it was I knew I just wanted to do something in the performing arts and um and actually, it's not strictly true because I did used to do school plays and that type of thing. And I was very close to my GCSE drama teacher and things like that. And even up until very recently, um, you know, we, we, he's died actually recently, but he, we, I was very close with him. And so I, I did love acting and I love being part of shows. Um, and, and actually, my career has so far largely been on the stage um which sort of shifted slightly during covid so um i've done more screen things since covid happened than i ever did before but i think that kind of yeah the the lights and the you know the thrill of that and working in a big group of people that i guess that's i guess i've had it forever but i just didn't channel it into acting until at uni really so what was it like to go from sort of uni to turning it into career? What was that kind of journey between the, the two? Well, um, I went to drama school. So after uni, I, I did English at uni and um, I just spent all my energy in, I, I put it all into the drama society and I used to write and direct and I just, I loved it. 
and um, I went to Cardiff and it has a really it doesn't or it didn't when I was there offer a drama degree but everybody who had a passion for drama then there was a really good drama society and so I just sort of thought well I'm going to audition for a drama school I think and I didn't get in the first time but I eventually got into um, RADA so I went there after uni and that was really I suppose that was the big eye opener now I kind of laugh about it because I was so clueless um, starting out I really I didn't even I feel like I didn't know the basics even um, but I was just a tiny bit older so um, at least I kind of had got a good sense of myself by then um, and so it was really it was being at RADA that guided me into how I could turn it into a profession and they were just amazing we used to have professional development classes where they kind of they didn't just um show you how you could become an actor after leaving school it was every avenue so we would have writers come in and talk to us or people who'd made their own work we had directors we had people who'd gone on to go into design or um you know, we even had people come in and speak to us about being unemployed, which I think was really good that they came in and spoke to us because that's a huge part of the gig is um, surviving that. So um, it was really being at RADA, I think, that like kind of completely crystallised my um, desire to do it like professionally. And then they, of course, you do your third year shows and you try to get agents and then it all goes from there, really. Kind of since then, you've been in a range of film, TV shows, theatre and shorts. What have been some of the highlights of your career so far? And for me, I couldn't help but chuckle when I was doing a bit of research into your career so far, like classic onto IMDb. I think you feature the, one of the greatest bits of trivia I've ever seen associated with an actor, where it was like your character in Midwife is the 111th person to have done like some midwife scene. I've never watched the show personally. And I just thought, that's so particular. Like, who's the person like that's tracking this number? And then, you know, I find that so incredibly bizarre. So that's definitely something I've picked up from, from your career so far, that obviously you've been in Call the Midwife very specifically in that kind of role. But what have been some of the, the highlights for you? That's funny that you mentioned that because so many people say to me, did you put that fact on there? And I'm like, no, I wouldn't. How would I work? That makes you wonder who is doing that? Like, who's a tracking it then going on to IMDb adding it it's truly one of life's mysteries it, it captivated me in my research process I think there is, I think Call the Midwife has some hardcore fans who uh, who know every birth number um but yeah what, what would I say were the um highlights let me have a little think oh I just I mean so I'm I'm actually hearing chit. I, I think I'm in my highlight um, at the moment, which is a weird one. But um, I'm I'm just actually rehearsing and about to open. And um, tomorrow we've got our first preview of this amazing play. And um, I do I love big in plays because I think I I think it sort of um, relates to ha having stability a little bit of stability. So this lifestyle is so um, so opposite to drama school. When you go to drama school, you have this family and you know you've got three years of being like completely protected in this really creative bubble and everybody, it's this safe space and you do all this amazing work. And then when you leave, it's like the absolute opposite and you, you can um, feel like 
where did everyone go? You know, and and there are great swathes of sort of, um, yeah, kind of resting, as they say, and, you know, and you can feel quite on your own. And when you get a theatre job, I feel like you get a little bit of that almost like um, day job back. Like I sometimes envy my sisters who go into their office and I'm like, wow, you have got a lunchtime and a locker and you've got like these colleagues who know you and you, you've got banter with them. And a lot of the time doing filming jobs, if you've got only a little part, you never quite get past the nervousness or the, the feeling of it being your first day or your first week, because quite often you'll only do a couple of days or a week on something. So it's a feeling of like always being um, the temp who doesn't quite know where the lunch truck is or whatever. And um, I think I'm getting better. Um, I have, you know, I'm getting um, sort of finding more of a rhythm with filming jobs. But I think so far my most of my highlights have been um, sort of theatre things. I've, I, I, have, I love being with the RSC. I've done a couple of seasons with them, and um, I, I've you get to go and live in Stratford, and they give you a house, which I think is amazing. So I'm like, when in my life going to have my own house? Um, so for the duration of your stay when you're there, you get a little cottage. And you have all your friends. It's like being back at uni, all, all your cast. And, and also there's inevitably another cast on in one of the other theatres because it's such a huge kind of place. And so um, I, I've loved doing that every time I've done it. And um, I love, I've been at the National Theatre. That was amazing because I started out when I left RADA, the first kind of day job that I got was on the bars at the National Theatre. And that was great, actually, because everyone said, oh, do you want to work on the bars? Like, don't you feel a bit weird? And I, I really was serving my ex-classmates. You know, I really was. But I didn't I didn't hate it. I felt part. I felt connected um, still to the industry. I felt like I was each day I would travel to to a place where the kind of beating heart of the um, acting industry was. So I wasn't going, you know to work in a cafe somewhere far away. And um, then eventually I got a part in a show there. So I finished my last shift on the bars at whatever o'clock at night. And then I went to, to my sort of meet and greet. And that was a that was a highlight actually, because it was such a like, oh, I, I did that job for, you know, a couple of years. And now I'm gonna go on the Olivier stage and I'm gonna, not be the person tearing the tickets, you know? And it was amazing. And it was also great because I had friends in every night because all the bar staff, all the ticket tearers, everybody knew me, all the backstage staff, the, you know, stage door staff. I've been, you know, coming in every day for so long and they all sort of thought it was one for the team, you know, because everybody working there is, um, actors or creatives yeah, who can are, see that pathway so clearly yeah, yeah they're hoping one day that they will get to be on that so I actually went back to watch something the other um a few weeks ago I went to watch a friend um and uh and still some of the um same that was that was years ago but still some of the same bar staff that uh, are there and they were still really loving and it was just such a fun building to work in but 
doing that morning where I went my same journey to work, but went in a different door and got to stand in this big rehearsal room with a huge, big company of people. I was like, oh, that's a like snapshot, snapshot moment, you know. And I suppose with with theatre, you've kind of moved into to film as well. When did you sort of first hear about the opportunity to, to star in Men? Well, I heard about Men just through my agent, really, like you, um, the it was COVID, of course, and I was actually living at home. And so this is funny. My um, my mum, she's amazing. She has had to be my um, taping partner. And the roles that woman has taken on. So she just like stand behind the camera and read the other lines. And she's she's played my lesbian lover. She's played all sorts, anything that comes through the post or comes through the email. I'm like, mom, I need you to be this other part. And so she was, I suppose she was Jessie Buckley. And um, I just, and I was, um, I was going up for a lot of police ladies, police women. Um, which was funny because I even had like a little outfit. So when it, when a WPC came through, I'd be like, hold on a second. I've got like the shirt and tie ready. And I just put it on, <laughs> just hanging in my wardrobe. And so it was, it was in a kind of just, it was sort of another tape. Um, and, and when I got it, I was so thrilled because I was like, what, I got that Alex Garland one? No way, that's amazing. Because, you know, obviously I love Ex Machina and I, I just, you know, um, so it was, it was really exciting. And um, it's also the first um, like movie that I've ever been in. And I love the movies. Um, it's really funny because growing up in Taunton, there is a theatre in Taunton um, called The Brew House. But it's, um, you know, it, and not a lot of things were taught to Taunton. So I, I didn't um, grow up as a theatre goer at all. The only theatre I knew about was school, was school plays. And, um, and so I, we used to go to the movies, or we still do, like my dad loves the movies. And we love a franchise in my family. And, um, you know, we, we go and see, the every X-Men film, every Bond film, every Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, whatever they are. And then we always make a trip of it. And so um, I think it was really fun that, you know, um, just last week, my dad was like, come on then, come on then, we'll all go and watch Cesar in the movies. <laughs> so everyone, my mum, my dad, my, I've got lots of sisters, um, not my brother, he, he wasn't there, but we all like took up a row in the cinema and properly got into it with the popcorn and it was so sweet of them to sort of mark the occasion for me. I think they were just all really, really excited about it, but they didn't, quite, I think my mum didn't quite know the gory nature of the <laughs> and so I was just at the end it was so funny because I was like for hardcore horror movie fans this is epic this is so amazing for my mother I, I don't know I was so conscious of her but she came out she was like oh it was epic good set yeah? she was really uh I think they were just on a high you know on the occasion yeah it was funny so I'm curious as well, like you mentioned sort of like there's been a lot of police roles offered to you. And I just see that just now and I'm just hearing some sirens outside. So it's either something sending me a message here, but like, what is it about you potentially that you're maybe attracting these type of roles or is it maybe sort of kind of saying something about the kind of work that's out there at the moment? 
That's so interesting, you know. Um, well, it's interesting because I, I guess you can hear from my voice, I've got sort of like a neutral accent, but of course I can quite easily slip into West Country because I grew up in Somerset. And so it's a very natural, like, you know, just a few drinks and I'll be like r- rounding my R's. And um feels like you could have been in hot fuzz if they make a sequel. I could have been in hot you're, all, fuzz. you're immediately yeah. sorted. Right, exactly. And the other thing is, I think um I I don't wish for this to be the case always, but I think um naturally uh, more comic casting is what comes my way. I, I love that as well, but I don't, you know, no actor ever like wants to be pigeonholed. But you know, so I would say um um funny or warm characters and um, often country kind of Somerset or or anyone with an accent. I really, really rarely use my own voice in um, acting, which is kind of weird. Um, even on stage, actually, nobody sort of said, yeah, just stick with your voice. Everyone's always like, could you be, you know, from Berry or something? And um, so I, I guess, I don't, I, I guess that combination of things, um, and I think it's also the, I, I think this is right, it's the the, t- the kind of um, size of the parts that you tend to go up, up for, and that, that can change throughout somebody's career, but if a lot of plots are moved along by um, brief appearances by police people, if you know what I mean. And so I think that there are, you know, a a lot of police roles out there, which I might kind of go up for naturally, because they're not the the leads. um, But they're sort of still fun, um, kind of character parts who are necessary to move a plot along. Um, So I guess that's it. I don't know. I mean, um, it's that and on on stage, I, I, I play a lot of maids. Um, fun maids, sexy maids, every kind of maid you can think of. I've played a. Um, it's it's <laughs> strange. I'm almost reminded, almost of like Olivia Coleman. Sometimes, like just even speaking yes. to you just now, and just like even just sort of that brief role, just reminded me of like I could almost see like a young Olivia kind of Coleman there, just even in like the voice <laughs> and like almost the start of that career that she was sort of like doing a lot of those kind of funny roles, sort of like that supporting kind of character that was moving on other people's potential stories. I can almost sort of, that's the parallel I can almost see in my head. That's what, you're not the first person to say this to me, Lee. At uni, everyone used to say, Sophie, Sophie, and called me Sophie. And I was like, who's Sophie? And they're like, Sophie from Pete Show. And so obviously I watched it and I was like, oh yes, I can see. And um, I bet she's like my everything. I, I love her. So I'm always thrilled when people say it to me. Um, when you were doing your your audition did you have like kind of the the full script or did you just have this like couple of pages and like no other context to what was to come how how much did you kind of know well when I let me think about this I think I I literally and this is often the way um with the with that kind of size of part you will just get your sides which is literally your bit that you need to say and any interaction you have with another character and so yeah that's a tricky thing as an actor I think because you have you don't know the tone um of the rest of the piece you're literally it's quite a lot of intuiting that you have to do and you're like okay I'm just I guess um you have to go with your gut quite a lot um but then when I got the part then I got to read the script 
and that was lovely and actually what was so amazing about this which was really unexpected was that I I did get rehearsal so for so much TV I mean I, I never expected to get to sit I got to sit in a lovely um room with um Jessie who's my friend from drama school so that was so fun and um Alex Garland I was like no way I can't believe that I got to have a rehearsal that's such a luxury and perhaps it's something that you can do more with a film than with a tv show that's churning out um you know episodes and I don't know maybe it's different but um uh, to me that felt really lovely and that we got to do that and also it was just so fortuitous that it was Jessie who is so lovely and is also a friend so I didn't feel as scared as I could have done you know um so yeah and I had read the whole thing which then was really locating because like I say otherwise you're just sort of this thing in a big empty space um but it was, you know, I also felt really smug because I was like, I cannot believe I've just read the new Angus Garland movie. No one else knows. And I'm just. <laughs> what was your kind of reaction to, to the script and, and the story? Because obviously I can imagine it being such a different experience to seeing it on the big screen. But what was it like to see this story kind of brought to life in, in just words? I, I, I found it so exciting because it was. Um, I, I would say that I, I'm really squeamish and scared of horror movies. Um, but on the page and actually watching it in the cinema as well, I was like, oh, I don't even know. It's not horror, like it's psychological. Like there's, well, I suppose it's psychological horror, but like there was so much to it. And, um, you know, um, so much going on. And I kind of, you know, it's not, your average slasher movie, if you know what I mean. There's a heck of a lot um, going on there. And I, I, oh, do you know, I didn't know that Rory Kinnear was playing all the parts. So this is funny. I turned up and I knew that in my scene um, there was another, not pretty much like non-speaking policeman. And I thought he was going to be that. And then it was Rory Kinnear. And I thought, oh my gosh, Rory's career's taken a bit of a dive. Like, why is he playing that part? And I had no idea. And only when I was, <laughs> I was thinking, my God, I've got a bigger part than Rory Kinnear. And then I chatted to him, obviously, and he was like, no, Sarah, I'm playing all the parts. I was like, what? You're all the parts? That, this is, I didn't know. So it was, that was a really cool twist, actually. It, it, it just adds a whole um, other sort of layer um, to all those themes that are sort of so relevant and so thought-provoking. So yeah, I, I think I love that it was a thought-provoking horror rather than a just sort of like, you know, a gore for gore's sake type thing. Um, so I felt really, really super proud to be part of it. And, you know, and also one of the, such a few, uh, such a small cast as well. I was like, wow, that's so cool. So what was kind of like, did, did Alex Garland kind of tell you anything sort of about kind of the role in that sort of audition process? And, and what was that kind of, not the audition process, like that rehearsal period? How did sort of maybe the role kind of evolve and, and what you kind of learned in that kind of process? Yeah, it was, <laughs> it's funny because my, my sort of objective or, or my job within that um, scene and I guess in within the film as a whole 
was to be um, <laughs> really warm and reassuring and just just kind of completely fine. So there's not really many other characters who are just completely fine. And for my character, Frida, um, she it's just like a, a kind of an eye rolling day, you know, day on patrol. It's another blinking streaker or whatever, you know, and it's, and um, of course, when you're watching the context of the film, it's so brilliant because it's completely the classic, like frustrating um, copper who isn't actually hearing the problem, you know, it's completely ineffective. Um, but I also, I also love that um, the character is warm and kind of jolly because, um, in a genuine like there, there's there had the main thing that Alex was saying was don't there should be nothing sinister about this character. This character is absolutely of the real world. So you know, there's so many sort of it was that person there, wasn't that person there? She was definitely there, and she's kind of boots on the ground. And there should be nothing um, threatening or sinister or dubious about her. But let me tell you, when you're nervous, that is the hardest thing to play. To be, to be, oh, if they'd asked me to cry on the day, I think I could have done it. You know, but to be fine is so hard. And it's kind of funny because I really learned a lesson doing it. I was like, gosh, just that, like, to, to have so many people in a room and so many cameras and, you know, mics and props people and everything. And then everybody falls silent and you have to say these words and be fine that's your only job is just be completely fine I was like oh gosh I I think that is a really hard state to engender because you feel possibly the opposite you know and you've got a sh very short window to nail it um so it was an interesting it was a very um like kind of challenging in a weird way Evan role to do that it was fun i think it's interesting because as you mentioned like there's only just a few characters in the film and and usually perhaps in a small role like this you think oh that person has just moved the plot along but then you can almost have these because there's so little characters you can kind of just dive into all of them in such a way of going well there must be a, a reason frida's here like what is she saying what is her purpose and as you mentioned she's kind of this reassuring character but then almost this you know what happens later it completely changes it like your character's almost become looks dismissive and you know that supportive nature that kind of reassures her like yeah it's all in hand like this kind of small village thing you know it's a bit out of touch with probably what it's like in London where it might be this bigger event and then you know you can almost get impression like if that happened in London there would be sort of maybe more significance given to sort of the, the what the woman was kind of going through and it's just when you sort of learn later on, oh, like he's been let loose within like a few hours, that sort of reassurance and like kind of bubbly nature sort of ends up almost feeling a bit sinister and hollow. Like your character could have almost got her, got this character killed by sort of just being so kind of relaxed about it. It's, it you kind of, it's such an interesting one to kind of just think about this, this kind of small role and what happens after and how it reflects on, I think. Yeah, I, I think I, I think I thought all of that at the time. And I think what I was being asked to do was, not think that as the character so as Sarah I was thinking this is so dismissive like she literally says I think he's harmless 
you know she's like and and there's been a naked man like you know if some if a policewoman said that to me I I would you know I would feel let down um <laughs> and you know I'm sure I think in the sequel there should be some kind of um you know a, a review of the uh, policing conduct but but I guess the whole point is that as the character you can't think that you can only think everything's fine this lass is just you know she's just not used to the weirdos we have around here a southern softy a southern softy exactly yeah and it only works and you only get that payoff of the kind of you know the afterthoughts when you're kind of thinking back if if you really in the moment if the character really genuinely is just thinks she's doing the right thing and so it's it's funny I think with like Frida and obviously Rory Kinnear's officer, like along with that, kind of you get like the local vicar also played by by Rory Kinnear, kind of highlights these sort of like two pillars of society that continue to sort of like oppress and fail kind of women. Was that something that you kind of thought too about sort of these very specific kind of roles we see represented in this kind of town in a way? Well, village, I guess. I did. I I think I definitely felt that with all of Rory's characters, it was like this, it's really cool. It's sort of, you know, the the every man plays like the old kind of medieval pageants that they used to do, which is kind of very, of, I suppose it's not really green manny, but um, there's an every man kind of uh, through line to the film. And it, yeah, uh, the way that you described there, the different institutions that have almost um, enabled um, the power dynamics to be what they are today. Um, I think that's so true. You know, there's the, the little boy, I think is a really great addition because I feel like it's that thing of sort of like, if it's from the cradle, if our if our young men are kind of brought up in in a um, you know in a misogynist world or a you know and then then the cycle continues you know and so that was a really um, that was a really cool character to to have in there as well but it is interesting that Freed is in there because she is not a man um, she's not one of the men. But I would argue that she, yeah, she was she was not helpful in the situation. Um, the character, I almost drew a parallel with it when when we reviewed it. We were like, you know, you the, the way the film has kind of landed almost with like the Johnny Depp trial, a lot of what's been kind of going on recently. Like it goes, oh, it felt really relevant. But like you could have said that about every week for probably the past decades and decades. Like if you drop men, it's like, God, how relevant is this? And, and kind of parallel I drew in my head sort of in, in a modern one was almost like your character almost ends up being the sort of that Cassandra Dick at the, the kind of Met Police sort of like her yeah. feelings kind of regarding women like I think it was was it Sarah Everend um, and sort of that you know at the time the person might have thought they did the right thing but then once you start to break down all of their actions or inactions you know how they they failed that that woman and how you know Harper ends up having people coming in to attack her and all these issues that was the kind of character I almost drew in my my head between the two I think that's so right yeah there's always the thing in sort of horror movies isn't there that or these kind of you know thrillers and everything like yes but if um 
Frida and um, the other police officer had done a good job, there'd be no movie. <laughs> or it'd be very short. <laughs> so there's always that as well. But of course, there's so much more to it than that. Like, you know, I think you're absolutely right. It's this thing where actually you quite appreciate the um the friendly presence and the kind of reassuring like shrug you know don't honestly don't worry about it but ultimately it's not helpful ultimately it's much more helpful if somebody takes you really seriously and, and even um you know kind of not overreact but goes above and beyond to make sure just in case that everything's fine you know that would that, I think that's preferable to sort of being lax about things what was kind of Alex Garland like as a, as a director for your your time on on set and shooting your scene he was incredibly um warm and I would say very like um sensitive to the experience that I was probably having which I was having which was a bit nervous you know um or a bit first day I was I think I was on set for like three days but um he and he was really um he he let me have so many goes at it as well that's another thing that you really don't get into Kelly because of the turnaround because of the kind of you don't have the luxury of time and um, that was so lovely because we he came over and we tried it again different ways and um, he was it was such a like lovely few days of work um, I it, it really did feel um, luxurious because often you're you know you're hampered you know people are kind of saying well that'll have to do we've got to move on or whatever you know and um, that type of thing but it that really wasn't the atmosphere. It was actually pretty nurturing, I'd say, um, which was really nice. And of course, because I knew Jessie as well, it made it even better because that was, I mean, she's so brilliant to act alongside, but also just nice to have a friend on the coffee breaks, you know? Um, so that was, it was, it, he was amazing. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think he's almost had like, a, like you shot in this house, but he's almost kind of stayed all together as like a, a cast and, and crew. Did that sort of help foster that sort of atmosphere and, and sort of like, you know, going back to what you said at the beginning, that kind of rare feeling of like the theatre world almost in a way that that's sort of been taken into to making this film? I, I can't speak to the others. I'm sure it really did. Because I was there for such a short amount of time and we stayed in this lovely hotel which was all empty because of covid and it was it was fun but it for me i guess i was it was such a sort of fleeting thing that i couldn't truthfully say that i got completely comfortable but i i knew in my heart that that was what was going on that i was having a little uh you know insight into a very um, kind of ensemble um, uh, unit um, of people working together and living together and all being out in the Cotswolds and having a lovely time doing lots of sort of night shoots and stuff like that which always sort of bring people together because you have to get through them together you know and they're quite tough and I feel like it def I mean that was just what I perceived um, of course I I I loved my time on it, but I was I was 
only there for three days so you know and what were Jesse and uh, Rory Kinnear like as, as scene partners and, and people to work alongside? Well, that was great. I, I couldn't believe, you know, like I said, I was so chuffed that I got to do a, a time. Actually, it was mainly cut. Me and Rory Kinnear had to zoom up the driveway in a police car and he had to throw the brakes on on the gravel. And it was very fun. And um, and we ran round and sort of cuffed the um, the naked man. Um, but in the actual edit you just see the sort of very end of that um but that's funny that took you know half a day or whatever the the time scale on filming is so sort of um it, yeah it's really slow i suppose um but they was they were really brilliant and i think i yeah i feel like i learned loads it was just a real eye opener for me and I literally loved doing my scene with Jesse because we could do it and then have a natter and a giggle between takes and then we're setting up a different shot. And of course, we were in that lovely house. So it was a nice place to chill as well. And we just had a good old catch up, basically. Um, so it was a just about as warm and friendly situation as you could hope for and, and so that was brilliant and as someone that clearly went to see a lot of James Bond films with their family I'm sure it was a really proud moment for them then you're sharing a scene with Tanner from James Bond honestly yes that is that was the big yeah the big headline um yeah dad was very excited about that um I was like yeah it's so funny that I didn't know who's playing all the parts I really was confused <laughs> When did you see the sort of film for the first time? Was that with your your family or did you get to see it beforehand? No, that was with my family. I That's why it was so funny that my mum was there because, yeah, I I literally, I really didn't know what to expect. And even though I'd read it, I would say definitely with the um, ending of the film, on a, it was just a stage, or I don't know if you call it a stage direction in a, a screenplay, but a stage direction, you know, um, a few lines of like this will happen and this will happen type thing which I kind of I just sort of skip over those bits a little bit or not skip over but I even remember reading it and being like what does that mean because it was like written like something like peeling like an onion or it was quite poetic the way it was written on the page and so I was like huh what does that mean and I just sort of didn't think any more about it and and then when I saw it I was like whoa okay that's what that means <laughs> I had no idea but it was you know it was epic it was it we will never we won't forget the occasion you know <laughs> what was your kind of interpretation of the the movie and did you have any sort of fun discussions with your your family afterwards because it seems everyone's got a different take than, than everyone else when it comes to this film well I was just so with Harper that I saw it as a very personal journey um you know I I know that there's the wider kind of um theme of you know um just sexism um like you say the different institutions that kind of have allowed it to permeate through society but for me I was just watching this psychological drama about a woman who had been in a really really a horrible relationship and an which had a really um, uh, traumatic end. And it was her playing out 
her grief and her trauma like it was like this catharsis this and and it was um after her to begin with and then she just gets a hold of it and um and I don't know if if the blood on the ground at the end is her blood if she was just chasing you know clouds in that car and ran it into that and got a bump on herself and or I don't know if she, if she killed anyone or any of those people existed it could all have been that she went to that cottage to get to deal with what she's been through and then at the end I felt like she did and she she dealt with it and she kind of I don't know that's maybe a naive interpretation but I I was that's what I kind of hoped for her happened. That's the joy of film, isn't it? Every yeah. interpretation is as valid as, as the next, unless someone goes, this is definitively what it means. But the amount of times someone at Korea could go, well, actually, I meant this. And it's like, no, nah, you didn't. We actually oh, take it this yeah. way. So, no, it's completely valid. Yeah. Has it been interesting for you? Because, like, the film dropped last weekend, like, finally in the UK, is almost this, like, brilliant counter-programming to sort of the Jubilee celebrations, whereas, like, it's been out for, in a, for quite a while in sort of America, what's it been like for you with like this is your first film to watch sort of like the reviews and reactions and of course like the takes come out from like America and then going okay it's finally made its way here to the UK and then that sort of cycle begins again yeah it's so crazy isn't it like I I guess it was really it feels like such a long time ago that we that I was it was there I can't really think when it was but um it almost took me by surprise when I started to see, you know, posters and things. And I was like, oh man, that's, it's coming, it's going to come out. And, um, and then it was, it was just, honestly, for me, it was just really fun. And like, I, you know, since I was little, I've always wanted to be part of something like this. So it was just fun to, um, you know, my, my mum and dad, they're just, just typical you know, they look up everything. They they're so on it, so they're literally sending me reviews before I even know. You know, oh, Sessa, look at this, this, and 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 then gradually, sort of friends started to send me things as well. And it's just fun. It feels like just feels exciting. It feels um, it feels fun to have been part of it. And I think I felt proud really. And I was just like, oh, that's so lovely. Like it's kind of um not often in life that you get these you know especially in in our work so you just have to really I think I just go for it I I tell everyone that's one thing you know I've got so many friends who I'll find out they were in something I'm like what why didn't you tell me you were in that you know I'd, I'd watched it and I'm like oh gosh the you know it's like sort of life's too short not to be overdressed I I just feel like life's too short if I'm in 10 seconds of something I'm going to tell everyone because it's a celebrate it's like um it's fun it's it's we hold out we we sort of hang in there through so so much of nothing when nothing's happening but when something does happen is this is a, such a cool film to be part of I told everyone Quite and right. I, I got into it you know <laughs> And have you kind of noticed from sort of your reading, do you feel there's been a difference between sort of UK and American kind of reactions or? I honestly, I couldn't answer that. I really don't know. I feel like maybe if anything, people have been more shocked in the UK um, than they were in America. I feel like people have been like, wow, you know, um, 
this is, you know, this has got a really disturbing ending or, you know, oh my gosh, this film here. Whereas I feel like people, the, the reviews in America, from America that I read were sort of like, much more thinking about the themes and the, you know, that. so that was the main difference that I found. But that kind of surprised me because I was, I think, I feel like nothing shocks the Brits, but. <laughs> really, clearly, clearly birthing multiple Rory Kinnears. Rory Kinnears has done it. Yeah, yeah. We kind of pose this question to everyone having the show, like obviously A24 like distributed this film and what's, what's your kind of opinion on them and do you sort of have any highlights of their filmography? Euphoria, this is something I've heard about. Every single person has said to me, you need to watch Euphoria and I'm the most massive Zendaya fan. She's, I, she's absolutely incredible. Oh, she's my everything at the moment. I just think she's amazing. And and what's next for, for you that we should keep an eye out for? That's as you mentioned, that some stage performances are coming up. Anything that we should keep uh, an eye out for? Yes, I um there's a really cool Netflix series called The Sandman. Neil Gaiman and Alex Garland, you're gonna be getting a reputation as like a genre car a performer. I know, I know. Well I I play a particular um, a fun prostitute um, and yeah, so I'm so excited um, just to watch all the whole thing um, because I mean, just anything, like I say, kind of anything slightly geeky, I'm there. And I feel like this is a very intellectual kind of comic strip, um, amazing. It's gonna be beautiful, I think. So I can't wait for that. Um, I don't know what episode I'm in, but. And people get to see you all around the world as well. Like that's your next step is like, at least I always find that fascinating with Netflix for, for people in performances, like people can be on stage and screen. And sometimes it's so hard to find these few seconds that people were in or even roles that people have spent weeks performing on stage. And then you start a Netflix show. And it's like, oh, if you watch episode eight thing, you can see all my scenes, et cetera. It's such a great calling card, I think. for actors. Oh, I think it's amazing. Yeah. It's that's so true. I've, I I don't think I've been on anything on Netflix yet, but it does feel like just the kind of platform, you know. And um, so I'm quite excited. I think even my brother will see this one. And that's a real, you know, if James sees it, well, I feel really like I've made it. <laughs> and, and where's the kind of best place to kind of keep up to date with sort of any work or things that you've got coming up on the horizon? Um, well, I suppose on IMDb, I mean, I'm terrible. I I have got Instagram, but I'm so sort of um, bad at, you know, and basically updating it or things like that, but I'm trying to get better. It's clearly another job for your mom to, to work on, like scene partner, like social media content creator, like it's clearly the next step for her. Yeah, she needs to get on that. Yeah, she's actually, yeah, she's she's getting more technical than me, I think, um, these days, but it took her a while. But yes, I, I suppose I've, I've got my my Instagram, but that's about it, really. I mean, um, I've, I've got a good feeling. I feel like it's um, going to be a good year because we're hopefully touch wood over the pandemic and I feel like there's such an appetite for people to um make work get together and make work again and um you know I so I feel like there's a real energy in the air um and hopefully it will mean that lots of cool stuff gets made and 
the theatres are all, you know, opening up again. And so I, I feel really excited for this, the next sort of. Well, it's been a pleasure to get together with you today to talk about like theatre, film and so on. So like, I'm, I'm really excited for, for you, for your performance coming up. And yeah, I look forward to Sandman and, and what's to come. Yeah, thanks ever so much, Lee. It was really fun chatting to you. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.